0: What's good, Pistons fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Three Rings podcast. My name is Neil Sinha, joined alongside with the usual suspects, Vinayak and Aiden. But then today we have a very, very special guest, and that is James Edwards III from The Athletic. He is the main Pistons reporter there. He breaks a lot of the, the news regarding like Jeremy Grant and stuff and other things. So, James, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we are very happy to have you.
1: Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. It means a lot, and thank you for the support and the kind words.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah. So basically, what we have for today is quite a few questions for James that you know we think the fans would really want to learn and get more information about with the team. Um, I guess before we get into that, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to our social media accounts. So. Make sure to uh, check us out on Instagram at the Three Rings Podcast. Same thing with Twitter and TikTok in terms of the handle. And then also we have a new YouTube channel. So make sure to check that out along with, of course, subscribing on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So, all right, let's get into it. So the first question that we had, James, is about Jeremy Grant. So Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of speculation going on with him and possible trades. There's been a ton of reports you've had a few of those reports actually. And you also had an article that just came out today with athletics. So we were just wondering, you know, what have you heard recently as far as Jeremy Grant trades and do you see a trade happening before the deadline?
1: Yeah. uh, From what I've gathered and as well as my colleague, Sean Sharania, like the Pistons are fielding calls about Grant. A lot of teams have called. Um, Dwayne Casey said today at practice that a lot of teams are calling. They're not out shopping guys, but they obviously have to do their due diligence, and if a good trade comes by, um, they got to really look at it and, and see what to do. So, definitely, Grant is high on that that call volume list. A lot of teams are calling about him. Teams with playoff aspirations, some teams with championship aspirations, um, and he's in a spot where he's going to want an extension soon. Uh, he's available for one this summer, four years uh, up to four years and one hundred and twelve million, which comes out to like twenty eight million a year. Uh, The Pistons are in a spot where they're finally going to have some cap flexibility. Do they want to put 28 million on a guy? Um, Especially when they got young guys, another top pick coming up where they could draft to his position. There's a lot of things to factor. So um, I I wouldn't tell, I wouldn't recommend anybody betting money that grant gets traded by the deadline. Um, I think it's likely Uh, I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet money on it though. They could play it into the summer. uh, But my gut is that something is happens before the deadline.
2: Now, like in terms of like the return for Jeremy Grant, now last year, Aaron Gordon got traded and it was this kind of this prototype whereas you get a young player, a vet and a pick, what is Detroit exactly? Like from what you think and maybe from what you've heard, what do you think Detroit's looking for in return from Grant? Do they want a player in in your article? You mentioned Norman Powell as someone that Houston's could potentially get do they want a player to in a sense replace grant as bringing veteran presence or do they want to get a younger player similar to the bull Bolt trade that was voided Do they want to make take more flyers with this grant trade
1: i think it kind of just depends on what the best deal on the table is if that best deal is i know let me start with this i know pistons fans are kind of dead bent on oh we have to get this for jeremy grant i saw a lot of people saying today i wouldn't do any of those trades fans tend to overvalue their players um, as, as you guys are, are, are aware, uh, Grant is a good player, but if any Pistons fans think they're, he's going to bring back a top 10 pick and a stud young player. Like I, 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 I imagine I drew, I, I ask you to wake up from your dream. Um, he's a good player. He hasn't made an all-star team. He hasn't been the most efficient in his role, but he's a good player and would be very good suited to a good team as like a third guy. Um, I look at it like this. Well, we can use the Norm Powell trade, which my coworker Jason Quick uh, proposed to me as I pretended to be Troy Weaver for that story. Norm Powell is a guy who plays the two guard, averages 18 a game, shoots 40% from three, Um, really good defender, would fit really well next to Cade. He's under contract for four more years at 18 million. Uh, The Pistons do not want to be bad for a long time. Next year, they want to try to make the playoffs. So if you can get a guy, who's a no brainer starter fits well next to Cade. Um, and you have under contract for four years for a pretty good price of 18 million. Like that's something you really have to consider if that's on the table. I mean, who doesn't, you, you take gambles on young players to to hope that they turn out to be good. Well, Norm Powell is already good and the Pistons want to be a good basketball team. Eventually next year, they want to try to push for the playoffs and Norm Powell helps do that. Um, and he still gives them flexibility. I mean, he would only be, like I said, eighteen million on the books average, I think one year is like sixteen um and that would give them it's basically like next year specifically it's almost like having you never traded Jeremy because Jeremy would make eighteen to twenty again next year if you didn't trade him so you're really only looking at three years of it being um a deal, and of that in that regard it's it's a pretty good deal at eighteen million um and then obviously there's, yeah, the Aaron Gordon package is possible. But if you look at what Orlando got, it got R.J. Hampton, which was a late lottery pick. Gary Harris, a veteran who was has been good in his career, but underperformed at times, has always been injured. And um, I believe it was a later pick as well. Uh, the draft pick was or protected or something like that. So, yeah, they got three pieces, but none of it was necessarily like home runs like R.J. Hampton could end up being a, a good player, but that's going to be down the line. Um, so I definitely think Detroit could be looking for a good young player and a pick. Um, I think that's definitely on the table, but I also wouldn't rule out like if there's a good player for good player swap, that makes sense financially for Detroit. And there's in the kind of how they're trying to build the roster. I don't think that they would uh, I don't think that they would push it away just because the guy's 28 instead of 23. For sure.
2: For sure. For for us, for example, when we were discussing Jeremy Grant, we were talking about like our favorite scenario. So um, my co-host Neil, his favorite was uh, the Miles Turner, a trade with Jeremy Grant for Miles mm-hmm. Turner. Me personally, I was, a, uh, I was rooting for Patrick Williams, but it looks like the more and more I research, the more and more I look at it, it looks like it's probably not realistic, but is there. It's pos- a, yeah, it's possible. It could be, it could be. I guess I've like, after reading this article, I kind of, maybe, maybe I, in sense, uh, overvalue grant, but. Um, what I was wondering more so is, is there a specific player or a specific trade that like that pops out to you the most um, for Grant? Is there a specific team? It could be like the one, the one in this article or it could be like a different team. Has there been one that you yeah. think would be a really good
1: fit? Yeah, if we're talking about just hypotheticals, uh, I really like the Norm Powell trade. Like I said, you're trading a good player for a good player. The Blazers need a long wing. The Pistons could use a shooting guard. Um Norm Powell fits everything that Detroit wants to be about tough can shoot the three ball can create his own shot can defend Um, good teammate I've heard. So I I like that trade and then another one like it's kind of off the table now but Atlanta before they traded Cam Reddish I would have thought a Cam Reddish and picks uh, for Grant would be interesting and then there's another one Memphis obviously they're very hot right now so maybe they feel like they don't need to do anything but maybe like a Zaire Williams Kyle Anderson um, and a pick for for Grant like that could be interesting. So, or whatever else you, I think you're throwing De'Anthony Melton or something like that. But I, I I like both sides where you get either a good player that's proven, um, and when you're ready to turn the corner, he's are you can already kind of rely on that piece to be there for you and help you. And I also like taking a shot in the dark and getting picks and a young guy and hope he develops. But like I said, the Pistons can only have so many young guys. You guys are very much aware that they have a lot of them already. Um, You got to eventually start adding pieces that are solid NBA guys at at worst, and I, I think there's a trade out there. If 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 that's the best one, um, I think they wouldn't be afraid to jump on it. Like I said, even if the guy is a little older than the rest of the core.
3: James, first I want to say I'm glad that we have another Spartan on the podcast.
1: <laughs> go um, green.
3: Yeah, go white. Uh, I just want to ask about you know how how the culture. And like the dynamics in the locker room and just around the the team and just in the the building are right
1: now. Yeah, I mean, from from my account and talking to people and being around the team, it's it's good. We're obviously not allowed to be in the locker room this year with with COVID and stuff, but we're around the team a lot, and uh, everybody's in good spirits. It seems like everybody likes each other. They're all young, all good guys, from from what I can tell and in my interactions with them. Uh, they understand this is a process. They understand that. Um, it's going to take time for this to materialize and look like what they plan and hope for it to look like. Um, so I think I think it's it's in a good spot. I think it's in a healthy spot. I know a lot of there's the Dwayne Casey fan section and the not fan section, but I think he does a great job of um, kind of keeping the young guys at bay. Um, I think he does a good job of of teaching what it takes to win, even if you don't see it every single night. These guys know what to do. It's just a matter of doing it, and that comes with experience. And I think Troy Weaver has done a good job of putting the right cast of veterans around um, just in terms of like a uh, learning how to be a professional standpoint. So I think everything seems good. I think that the organization is in an interesting spot now where depending on what this pick is, um, depending on what they get for Grant at the deadline, uh, they're going to have to to make some roster moves this summer to, if they want to really push for the playoffs. So, I think it could get interesting. I think it could be a fun summer for Pistons fans. Uh, but I think right now they're they're in a healthy spot. They understand what what the process is, how to get there. Um, it's just a matter of getting there and, and doing it.
3: Quickly, like do definitely. you see do you see a free agency being a bigger role uh, in this this summer, or do you see the draft? And do you see like the first year with Troy Weaver, where he's making a lot of moves on draft night.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't think there'll be many trades on draft night. Um, I think they'll get whoever they get with their top pick. And if they end up acquiring one more, obviously utilizes that, but I do think they're going to be, they're going to try to get a guy that they really like uh, this summer in free agency. And this free agency class isn't great. Um, there's a couple guys that are interesting and are good, like plug and play, build around your Cade Cunningham type guys. Um, you look at somebody like Jalen Brunson um, who's uh, if you follow Dallas a really good NBA player I think that's somebody that they could target um so yeah guys like that I don't think they're gonna like try to go and and match Chicago they don't even think they don't even have the money to like try to go match Chicago for Zach Levine or something like that so um yeah I think you're gonna try to see them get guys like I said earlier who are solid NBA players and are proven NBA players and to start rounding out the roster and make a push for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think Brunson's a good example, too, because he's played really well when Doncic has been out, actually. So Uh I I would agree, you know, they'd probably be going after those type of guys on, you know, prove it type of deals. Um, But, yeah, the next question that we had was so basically the franchise right now, the Pistons in general, have they're in an interesting spot in that, you know, you have a lot of young pieces, like you've said, that haven't really proven themselves and one of those young pieces is Killian Hayes, which I know there's been so many questions about. You know, it seems like every fan has a very strong opinion either way on Killian Hayes. Yeah. So I was just wondering, you know, if you knew how the franchise sort of views him, do they view him as a legit long-term piece? And maybe have they are they considering moving him to the bench possibly, or do they really want to stick with that Cade Killian
1: backcourt? Um, I think that. Killian and they knew this would be a person who would need to be a project and it would take a couple of years, a couple of seasons for him to, if he was going to show what they hoped he would show, it would take some time. Um, I think the worst thing that happened to Killian is the Pistons getting the number one pick and getting Cade Cunningham, um, because Killian's best position is as a point guard. Uh, but I think everybody would agree that Cade's the guy you kind of want handling the ball and initiating the offense so Killian unless he develops a a three-point shot which time with with he's gotten better this year with time you could see maybe more improvements but I think getting Cade allowed them to one have a a lead ball handler two have a guy that they can build around um and now you kind of try to look and plug and play with guys that fit around Cade um And is Killian the the, the right match for that? I don't know. I think some would say maybe Norm Powell makes more sense or guys were just talking about Jalen Brunson makes more sense. Um, And especially if this team wants to make the playoffs next year, they might have to just make some tougher decisions sooner than they anticipated because they ended up with the Cade Cunningham. They have some cap space coming up. They went through two pretty tough seasons in terms of the win-loss record. So I could see some moves being made. Uh, I always thought at some point one of those four, uh, Killian, Sadiq, Isaiah and, and Sabin w- would have would leave. Um, usually young cores are put together to be broken up, you you hope they develop and you can flip those into better pieces. In this case, um, we'll see if that's the case. But I, I think Killian um, is a guy they're going to evaluate the rest of this year. Um, and then and see what what goes from there, see what's available and and maybe make decisions after that.
2: Yeah, you mentioned the four, you mentioned the four, uh, the core four, as Troy Weavers pinned it. Um, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes, and Saban Lee. One of those players, Isaiah Stewart, I was a little bit curious and learning more so about his development now into becoming a starting center. It seems like now he seems to play a lot more under the rim than he did compared to last year. He's not shooting, although the Chicago game, I'll give there is that was an exception. He was shooting the three ball, but it seems like the jump shot, he's not, he's, not as, he's, not, he's not taking it as much. Is that something that they've kind of designed? Is that something that they wanted him to focus more on being under the rim, you know, blocking playing defense? Or do they eventually want him to expand? Because last year there were a lot more, I would say he showed a lot more flashes in that sense. Like the jump shot, if you watched the games, you could tell it was butter. It was cash at almost every time <laughs> he got it. So this year has been a yeah. different.
1: Yeah, I think if if I know fans were hoping he would build on last year's three point shooting and it would start at the top of the year. But if you guys remember, he really didn't start shooting threes until this time last year. Um, it was re- it was literally like right around. I remember writing a game story like maybe on January 11th or something like that. And we're at 13 or whatever day it is. So, um, I, yeah, it's definitely a thing. He hasn't shot it as much. I think part of it is he's a guy that's very coachable and he will do what is asked of him. Um, and I think right now that the coaching staff really wants him to focus on setting screens and getting that stuff down, the fundamentals before he he steps to that next realm, like being a good screener, being good in the DHOs, um, putting himself in position on the role game, on the roles in the pick and roll. Um, eventually, he's going to have to add a three point shot or a, a consistent one and uh, one that people are going to have to fear because he's not the greatest athlete. Um, he's not a, a big lob threat in the pick and roll so I, for him to prove to be a starter he's got to be able to step out and, and hit that shot and I think with time I really do I think we I think you're going to see it I think Isaiah Stewart is going to be at minimum an average three-point shooter with time it might take a year it might take two years but the touch is there I think the form is there the mechanics I think now it's just getting the confidence um, getting the reps and I think we're going to see him take a little bit more threes um, as this season goes on I do think it's coming
2: have they explored? This is just kind of more out of curiosity. Like, it seems like now with Trey Lyles, now all of a sudden becoming a bucket. Do they have they considered moving Trey uh, Isaiah Stewart potentially to the bench and allowing him to get back reps with them while Cade can play with? Uh, at the moment right now with someone like Trey Lyles or Kelly Olynyk, I know it's been like kind of discussed a lot amongst fans to bring Kelly Olynyk or. Trey yeah. Lyles,
1: I would. I would be surprised. Um. Because, like I said, I do think that they view Isaiah as an important piece to the future, whether that's um, a starter or off the bench. I do think they view him as that. And I think they want to find out if he can become a starter. I think they believe he can be with time. Uh, and this is what this season's about it's about developmental. I, I, I know, like, obviously, in your scenario, starting Kelly or Trey for the short term makes sense because you might want the team to win some more games. That's, I get it. Like your fans want to see their team win, but I think from a long-term perspective, it's best that Isaiah gets there and, and works on the kinks works on going against the best players in the league works on getting a shot off against the best players in the league, rebounding against them, defending against them for, for the long game starting Isaiah just makes more sense for the health of the franchise.
0: Most Definitely. And yeah, another question that we had was, so obviously with the Pistons, I think, you know, in getting that number one pick and seeing Cade Cunningham, everyone's been obsessed with the rookie of the year debate and, you know, what's going on there. Because of course, every Pistons fan um, wants Cade Cunningham to win that award. So we were wondering, you know, who is your rookie of the year as of right now? And maybe like, do you think that would change by the end of the year? maybe what does Cade need to do to win that award?
1: Yeah, right now I think it's Evan Mobley. Um, he's just been consistent. He's been – you can make a case that he's going to make an all-NBA defensive team as a rookie. Um, Cavaliers are winning. So, yeah, I think Evan's the leader right now. I think Cade's right behind him. I think the big thing for Cade is y- you want to see a couple more moments like he had um, the other night, those big – score not against Chicago, but the game before that, those big scoring nights – um and I think we're going to see more of those as the season goes on whether they trade Jeremy and that opens up more shots um I I think we're going to see Cade be more assertive more aggressive as he gets more comfortable in the league as he gets more comfortable as a leader on this team I think we're going to see him step into a higher volume of of shots and given his efficiency I think he has the potential to to hit them at a high clip and I you could see a lot of high 20 low 30 point scoring games coming up and if you can string together like uh, two handfuls of those before the season's up, I think he can make a, a great case because obviously he already has the number one pick tag on him. People are going to maybe give him the benefit of the doubt if it gets close. And I also think people like scoring and Kate has the ability to score. He needs to cut down the turnovers if he can do that, um, not only make him a better player for his team, but I think it's something people have, have pointed out as a flaw so far in his rookie year too. All
3: right, this is this is a fun one. Uh, we, we know you're a big, uh, music enthusiast. So which, which player right now on the Pistons has the best music taste you think? Um, or do you not talk about that with them?
1: I talked about it with some guys I'm trying to think, well, it all depends. So like I'm 29. So like somebody like Corey, for me, like grew, we grew up on similar music. He's 29. Um, I'm not as much into like the newer artists, so like maybe what somebody like I'm trying to think uh like Sabin might listen i don't i guess I don't really know what Sabin listens to, um just using him as his age as a as a reference Sadiq, i think listens to pretty good music um i'm gonna go with Sadiq i think he's he's got some a good mix of the young and the and the wise and the old wise in him yeah.
3: What, what was your album of the year for 2021?
1: What was my list? I'm trying to think. I made a list and posted it. Uh, my favorite last year was probably, I like, uh, I don't know if people are familiar with Makami. Um, He's an underground rapper. He does a lot of stuff with Griselda and West Side Gun and those guys. He had a great album, Pray for Haiti, that I liked a lot. That's probably my favorite yeah i'd recommend checking that out if you're into rap and haven't and haven't heard that
2: no for sure i i think you mentioned it on the bunny cardigan show and like
1: yeah i probably shouted it out if i i I, I hope i did yeah i'm pretty sure
2: i did yeah no it's definitely a great listen i had just one more this is more of like a curiosity question just about like reporting trades in general um like when a trade gets done, are GMs hesitant to let stuff like leak or people in the front. Like the whole process of like reporting stuff. Is there like a sometimes a disconnect between front offices and uh, reporters like yourself or Sham Strani? Like is there, has there ever been like tension and stuff or? Uh, tension based on trades. Uh, no.
1: I've never, I'm sure there are, I haven't experienced that. I will say this without giving away too much. Cause that's something you can't, I can't really like yeah. d- divulge too much. I'll say this. Um. If a trade's going to get done, the people who are involved, if you ask the, if you randomly, if you maybe heard rumors of something and he's, shoot a text to somebody to see if this is true or if it's close to being done, they'll usually give you a heads up um, because it's going to get done. It's not like it's a secret only because they're trying to work out the logistics of the trade and they don't want it to fall apart by people reporting that it's going to happen, but they're not done. They haven't agreed on maybe there needs to be a pick attached or like they're trying to get X, Y cap fill. Like they're just trying to get all the T's and dot the I's and all that stuff before but usually, if something's really close to done, if you ask, if you if you are able to uh, sniff around and 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 catch somebody um, when they're not busy, you can kind of you you can have an idea if if a trade is close to done. It's it's hard to explain since I can't like say too much. Um, but if you have relationships with people um, around the team, not just front office, around the team, around the league specifically, um, team. People from other teams obviously could be in discussions with Detroit and you hear and if you have a relationship with them, you can hear something and then check in with uh, other people just to make sure what you heard is true. So there's different ways it can go. It can happen. Um, but yeah, it, I, I haven't had anybody get mad over a trade because I usually don't report trade stuff unless I'm 100 sh- percent sure that it's happening or has happened.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good question, actually, because I've always wondered that, you know, with guys like Adam Schefter just breaking out all the news. Same thing with Wardronowski, too. So um, that's very interesting. Yeah. I was going to ask a quick question. You can, This is kind of a quick fire one. And Aiden and Vinay, you, you guys can answer this one, too. Um, who's your pick to win the NBA championship?
2: The uh,
1: The Warriors. I think they're back, yeah. And I just want Damn, to see. Okay. It. I want to see it happen. I would love to see the trio back together. And in the first year, they're back together. They win it all without KD. Uh, they do it again. That'd be cool. So that's kind of wishful thinking. Um, I think they still have a trade to make. That's kind of the sleeping giant. If people aren't talking about it as much now because the team is so good, but I mean, they can package Wiseman, Moody, and Kaminga and go get something really nice. And uh, Wiggins is playing great. Um, That's a team that's scary. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Warriors. And I think the Bucs, people are sleeping on the Bucs. But I think once the uh, dust settles and you get closer to playoffs time, I think the real Bucs are going to emerge once again.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good one. Aiden and I have been really high on the Warriors since, like, the preseason because I think everyone's just forgotten about them. And then Clay's back now, too, so.
1: Yeah, and Wiggins taking some big steps, big strides. It's been – they've been fun to watch. I mean, they were fun to watch even when they were bad just because of Steph, but they're definitely a, uh, I mean, I always enjoy watching, watching the Warriors.
3: Yeah. I think I predicted, I think I said Nets Warriors at the beginning of the season. That was if Clay was coming back on time and everyone was healthy and yeah, just for how well Steph came back last year, I was really high on them at the beginning.
0: Yeah.
2: I was kind of banking on Clay.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean Steph was what do you think?
1: Steph was crazy last year.
2: I think, I mean, like y'all kind of underestimate. I mean, obviously, if Kyrie switches his status from a part-time who a part-time NBA player to a full-time NBA player, <laughs> it's like the Nets can make some noise. Um, yesterday they did the opposite of what the Pistons did against the Bulls. They they whooped them. So um if Kyrie yeah. if Kyrie would get vaccinated or if he would uh they figure out some way to you know get him to play, I think the Nets Barring any injuries, I think they they got a really good shot to win the title as well.
1: Those are two big ifs, though. Kyrie yeah. getting vaccinated and everybody being healthy.
2: Yep, you know those
1: mind. with those guys. <laughs> no. But I agree, they got it. Those three are unstoppable if they're all on the same page and healthy.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think at the beginning of the year I said Nets, uh, which I'll still stick with. I'm gonna make an interesting pick though on the Western Conference side. I'm going with Utah. I, I James, you might not know this, but I absolutely love Donovan Mitchell, and okay. I think in prime time he shows up. Like if if anyone watched the playoffs last year, you saw that because when he was healthy, like he would put up 15 points in the first quarter because he'd just be on yeah. it. So I, I like Utah. I think they'll make some adjustments too with Rudy the Rudy O'Bear situation, um, and I could see a trade happening there too. That. I know obviously there's been no links there, but Jeremy Grant, maybe going to Utah that possibly could be a fit. Who knows?
1: I think they would. Uh, I'm surprised you said Utah after you just watched the Pistons, put 90 yeah, up on them say. in the second half, uh, they definitely need to trade. They couldn't, I, I think I could have <laughs> got 10 points in that game. They're, their defense is bad. They do need a Jeremy Grant type. I think the thing that hurts them is what do they have to trade? Like, is there anybody on there that you want? Like you can't get Donovan and Rudy. Like, you know you can't so after that is there anybody you want they don't have a lot of really good trade chips so they're kind of yeah
0: stuck. no I mean that's a good point like a lot of the trades that I've heard with them um or rumors or whatever it'd be Joe Ingles guys like that who of course you know it's, it's not there's not that much value there anymore but I don't know I believe in Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley has been very much improved this year too especially with the shooting so Who knows? But yeah, like you said, the Warriors, man, I mean, it looks like Wiggins might even make the all-star game, which if you had told me that at the beginning of the year, I would have said no way. So yeah.
1: yeah. He's, 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 he's definitely flirting with the, uh, on the borderline. I think it was funny that he got a lot of votes, but I think a lot of that is because he's Canadian. So he gets a lot of the Canadian vote. I think that probably plays more into him having more than Draymond, which is absurd, but Mm -hmm. obviously Aaron or Andrew has a whole country behind him. Who did you, does you vote idea. for? Uh, I actually have to file my all-star votes by next Friday, so I'm I'm finishing it up now. Um, might have one surprise on there, but I only vote for the starters. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'll uh, when we when this when it's done, I'll reveal who I got. But I don't think I'm allowed to reveal it until I until I submit it.
2: Okay. I assume Darius Garland is not on the <laughs> is not on the list.
1: He is, he is not on my starter list, but uh, shout out to Darius Garland. He's had he's a hell of a year. Yeah, no, for sure. He's looked good.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, this dude Vanai loves Darius Garland. Actually has a <laughs> Darius Garland jersey, even though he's a Pistons fan.
1: But... I respect it. I respect it. It's all right to cheat every now and then. Have a cheat day.
2: <laughs> of course. Just like, just like your co-host, Nick Henkel. You know, he, he has his bucks. Have Darius Garland, so there
1: you go, exactly. Don't let yeah. Watching the Pistons for eighty-two games, it takes a toll on a on a man. So I don't, I don't blame you if you have to turn off. I can't turn off the TV. I'm at the arena. I can't yeah. turn it off. So if if you have the option to, I don't blame you because I could tell you, there's a lot of days where I wish I could just get up and and go home and watch a different game.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say it's got to be tough sometimes sitting there and they get down twenty-five in the first quarter and you're just sitting through that
1: but yeah I mean it has its it it
0: only it only
1: stinks when like when they were going through a 14 game losing streak because it's just hard to write about anything um other than the same thing over and over so like I don't root for wins and losses I root for the best story so if that means sprinkling in some wins here or a guy going off like cool like that allows me to do my job I don't I don't mind sitting through it man I get paid to cover the Pistons and travel across the country like it's whether or not they make the playoffs or win one game it doesn't really affect my pay so it's just kind of get through it you know it's a job Um, sit with the other beat writers we crack jokes and interact with all you guys on Twitter and post memes you can get through it it's not the end of the world
0: yeah no I mean that's a good point you get paid to see NBA basketball games and the best players on the planet so yeah that's a good perspective of it
1: Exactly. Yeah. To, there's a lot of other things that I could be doing and I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing. So.
0: Yeah, most definitely. All right. Well, that is pretty much it for our questions. Um, yeah. And th- James, thank you so much for hopping on. I didn't shout out at the beginning, which I should have, which is that James um, is a co-host on the Bun and Cardigan show as another great podcast, of course, Pistons fans and Michigan fans in general um, should check that out because you guys do a great job there. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you so much for joining. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening in. Like I said at the beginning, make sure to check us out on social media, um, on Instagram, Twitter, you name it. We're on everything pretty much now. So check us out. Feel free to let us know um, of anything you want to see or hear about. Um, any questions you might have for us. And per usual, we appreciate the support. So yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. And we'll see you next time on the Three Rings Podcast. Peace.